Hey, ladies, welcome to the Strong Mamas and Macros podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Guevara, certified personal trainer, yoga instructor, and nutrition coach. This podcast is all about helping you feel strong from the inside out through mindset, behavior, habits, and a little bit of strength training and nutrition talk. I am all about giving you these bite-sized actionable tips every single day so that you can live your very best life and feel and look your best. All right, today we have an interview with a pediatric sleep consultant. I have to say that I learned a lot in this interview. Today we're going to be talking with Lauren of Tiny Transitions. All right, Lauren, if you want to go ahead and introduce to us who you are and what exactly it is that you do. Yep. Hi, I'm Lauren Nozel, and I'm the proud mother of four children, six and under, and um, I am a pediatric sleep consultant. And what that means is I work with families to give them the confidence that they need to help their children and themselves get a good night's sleep. And what made you, or what set you down that path? It's a great question. So when my first child was born, um, he, we had one night that was extremely difficult. He was probably eight weeks old and he was crying and I tried to feed him and it didn't work. And I tried to burp him and it didn't work. And he just kept crying and crying and crying. And I was so frustrated because I didn't understand why he was crying. Well, come to find out he was tired. He was overly tired and he continued to cry. And, and we finally figured out that he was overly tired. And as a mom, I didn't realize that exhaustion caused tears. For some reason, I just wasn't educated on that side of, of you know, babies and what they need. You hear the feeding, you know, do they need to eat? Do they need to burp? Do they need to be changed? But you don't necessarily connect the tears with the sleep. And so Um, once we started getting him good sleep and then our other children, consequently, when, when they were born, we got them healthy sleep habits and were able to create some sleep change in our other children. It really just inspired me to help other moms and other families get the sleep that they need and the sleep that they deserve. Right. Cause sleep is important for all of us and our overall health and well being. So how do you get little ones to sleep? Great question. So there, there's really three key foundations from a sleep perspective for children under two years. The first is around food. You know, there's such frustration around hunger versus habit. I don't know when my child's crying, if they're hungry or if they're habitually waking up, etc. And so hunger really is a component of sleep. And you have to make sure that your child's getting enough milk throughout the day so that they don't require it overnight. And a couple things there, all children under 12 months of age require around 24 to 32 ounces of milk or formula um, within a 24 hour period. And so if they're not getting that 24 to 32 ounces during the day, they're gonna require that at night. Some children like newborns, they cannot handle that much at a time. And that's why they eat every three hours, which does include overnight. Um, after six months of age, unless they have a medical reason, they should be able to sleep through the night from a biological milk intake perspective. And so um, that's one of the cornerstones. One big mistake parents make is they try and feed their child first food around six months. But if you've heard before, food before one is just for fun. 
That's exactly what it is. Your child still needs the same amount of milk in that 24 hour period. So that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is overtiredness and are they getting the required amount of sleep during the day? Many people will say, keep your baby up all night and they'll sleep all night. That's absolutely false and actually dangerous. So um, you wanna make sure that your child's getting enough sleep during the day. The best way to do that, Google wake windows. Um, we have a lot of free resources around wake windows and schedules as well on tinytransitions.com slash Lauren. Um, but if you, you want to look at wake windows, one example is with newborns. Many people think newborns, you know, don't need to be on a schedule, et cetera. That's true, but they should only be awake between 45 hours, 45 minutes and one hour at a time, which includes nursing. So at that age, sometimes it can take 25 minutes to nurse your baby. They're up for 20 additional minutes and they go back down for a nap, which brings me to the next item, which are sleep props. So sleep props are anything that you use to get your child to sleep, whether that's rocking to sleep, feeding to sleep, car seat to sleep, whatever that is that aids them to get to sleep is considered a sleep prop. Um, one of the things about sleep props is I always like to use this example. Imagine you woke, you fell asleep on the couch and you woke up in your bed, you'd freak out, right? You'd wake up, you'd probably be awake for a long amount of time and you don't really need to be awake. And so if you feed your child to sleep, then put them in their crib, they're waking up in a different place than where they fell asleep and doing something differently than where they fell asleep. So of course they're gonna wake up confused, startled, and that's gonna start the, the wake process instead of what you want is for them to, you know, everyone wakes up in the middle of the night when their sleep cycles end. So you want them to wake up and put themselves back to sleep. And they don't wake up fully, of course, but if they realize they're in a different place than where they, they started, um, it definitely causes that night waking and those short sleep naps, sleep cycles, et cetera. So those are really the three foundations of sleep, milk intake, uh, daytime sleep, and making sure they have enough daytime sleep and then the third being the sleep props and making sure that they're able to settle independently. So for the new moms, so we've got a lot of new moms that have babies that are anywhere from six weeks to uh, up to 12 months. What is your best tip for starting with this? I hear all the time, not getting enough sleep and it's affecting their ability to exercise. It's affecting their nutrition and overall uh, somewhat stopping them from reaching the goals that they want to achieve. Yeah. So the, the number one piece of advice I would give anytime you're trying to make a change is start small. I'm sure this is no different than what you tell your clients, Natalie, right? Like start small and start with incremental improvements over time. So the first thing I would start with, with newborns is what's called an eat, play, sleep routine. And so that disconnects the food from the sleep and makes it so it doesn't become an unhealthy sleep prop over time. It also gives moms, I feel something to, I, I think your, your day could be really chaotic when you have a small child. And so to give you something to kind of follow and, and a routine to follow gives you some structure in your day and some confidence with caring for your newborn or your, your um, child. So really starting with the eat when they wake up, they eat and then they play, which for an infant could be just staring at the wall or cooing or mom holding baby. And then they sleep. Before 12 weeks of age, sleep props are not a big deal, but you do have to break them right around the 12 weeks. So 
you do want to start trying to put your child down independently. And again, start small, start with one nap a day where you put them down independently and help them um, self-soothe. And if you're doing that in the right time in their awake window, they don't need that external engagement to fall asleep. Uh, it's the best time before they turn 12 weeks old to start giving them healthy sleep habits so that they, they get the confidence themselves to put themselves to sleep. And so what about the age old question? It's a controversial question, crying themselves to sleep. What do you have to say about that? Yeah. So if you're putting your baby down in the right point in their wake window, there should be very minimal tears. That said, we know that crying is actually productive when it's for the right reason. Um, anytime you're trying to shift a behavior, if your baby's after six months old, there are going to be some tears if you're trying to change their behavior. Um, I don't know about you, but when I go through a hard workout, sometimes I cry. So uh, it's the same with children, right? Like you're trying to change their behavior. So um, I don't recommend like fully letting a child cry it out. There are some clients who we get there because their child doesn't respond to other things and they're older and they're already stuck in some pretty ingrained habits. The best thing you can do for yourself is start now. Don't wait. The longer you reinforce bad habits, the harder it is to unravel those. And I see Natalie smiling because she probably <laughs> says a lot of the same things in her line of work, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. And so for the overwhelmed mom, um, you know, so many moms try to go back to work at eight weeks postpartum, which is just um, so early. What advice do you have for them where we know that we're still not at the point where we can start fully sleep training? but the best way that they can get the most sleep or the most bang for their buck overnight so that they can uh, feel a little bit more confident and functional, not in just taking care of baby, but in taking care of themselves. That is such a great question. And, and I'll say it's really back to making sure your child gets enough sleep during the day. I, that's the number one thing that I think people mistake is they think, oh, if they sleep too much during the day, they're not going to sleep at night. And Newborns really eight weeks old to me is still so close to that yeah. newborn piece. And they need six hours of sleep during the day, in addition to the 12 hours of sleep overnight. So if you feel like all you, all your baby does is sleep good, they should. Um, if you ever experience like unexplained colic, for example, your baby's really fussy at night. A lot of times that's not colic. It's overtiredness. It's overexhaustion and that fussiness. And like I explained with my son, it was, it was due to overexhaustion. And the way you fix that is by giving them more daytime sleep and putting them down for an earlier bedtime. I think one of the hardest things about going back to work, aside from just being separated from your child is, you know, if you get home at five and your baby goes down at six 30, which by the way, is a normal bedtime for an infant. Um, you know, that's not a lot of time with them, but you, you also just have to remember that you're giving your baby and yourself the best gift, letting them sleep at the right time and for the right amount of time. So you mentioned that the appropriate wake window is 45 minutes to an hour at one time when we're in the newborn phase. What is an appropriate sleep window? What is like the sleep window when we're like, yes, we are winning at this. Great question. So for a newborn, it's actually 30 minutes. 
because their sleep cycles aren't very long and they don't connect sleep cycles yet, they're just not psychologically able to connect sleep cycles. Many times it's 30 minutes. So if you're getting a 30 minute to an hour nap out of your newborn, that's a good nap actually, uh, which sounds crazy. Now that's an unsupported nap. If you're rocking them or holding them, um, they will sleep for longer than 30 minutes, but an unsupported nap. And that's why I recommend, you know, starting small with like one nap a day in the crib, hold them for the rest of their naps. So they do get some longer naps during the day as well. But a 30 minute nap is an appropriate uh, length of a nap. So for moms that, that enjoy baby wearing or have chose um, to participate in baby wearing, is it appropriate to let your infant um, in the newborn phase nap? in a baby wrap or a sling or something of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as mentioned, the sleep that that would be considered a sleep prop. And I think the majority of, of helping your children with healthy sleep habits is awareness, right? Like yeah. you're aware that that is a sleep prop and there's going to be a time and it's going to drive you nuts. There will be a time where boom, they don't want to sleep in that carrier anymore. And you're going to, and you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, this is so stressful. Like two days ago, you were just sleeping in this carrier. So my advice is enjoy it while it lasts, but there's going to be a time where they don't want to. And, um, there's going to be a time where you shouldn't. So right around 12 weeks is when those habits start to form from a psychological perspective. So, um, that's when I would stop doing every nap in the carrier. That said, I love to live by the 80, 20 rule, right? 80% of the time, follow the rules, 20% of the time, break them because you only live once. Right. Um, so, you know, in my line of work and in your line of work, we talk a lot about setting expectations or setting goals that align with what's realistic or what can actually happen. Uh, so for the mom that has the newborn and her newborn is eight weeks, what realistically can she expect as far as that newborn giving her a full eight hours of sleep at night? Yeah. So from an expectation perspective, it's completely normal for your eight week old to wake up in the middle of the night to eat. If you're doing everything you can from a sleep prop perspective, um, you need to realize what's hunger versus habit, but it, it's absolutely normal to only get three hour stretches out of an eight week old. That said around 11 pounds to 14 pounds, I know that sounds wild, but around 11 to 14 pounds, babies are able to sleep longer stretches because their caloric need is not as great. So I'll just give you an example. My first child was really heavy <laughs> and he slept through the night at eight weeks because he wasn't using sleep props. We had kind of figured it out and um, he biologically could sleep through the night. My sweet little girl that was just born number four, she's tiny. And so it took until, you know, 12 weeks for her to sleep through the night, right around when she hit 12 pounds. So um, it's really dependent on your child. And if you have lovely friends that <laughs> tell you their babies are sleeping through the night, it's just a difference in children, especially if you're doing everything that you can. And, and, you know, competition is the thief of joy. So that's great. Put those, <laughs> those sweet little friends on mute and just, you know, as my husband always tells me, as we do a lot of yoga around here, stay on your own mat. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Don't get into that comparison trap. Uh, so at what, 
at what point do you prefer for new moms or even new dads to reach out to a professional like yourself? Is it during pregnancy? Is it when we're already sleep deprived? At what point do they seek professional help? So I would say before you're sleep deprived, um, that, I mean, most people do reach out in desperation, I will say, but as mentioned, there's a lot you can do leading up to desperation. I prefer people to reach out when they're struggling um, and when they've, you know, tried some of the free stuff that's out there. Of course, I'm always here as a resource. I do have a Facebook page, Sleep Forward Family, and we have a lot of free resources on there that help people get off the ground. Many times it's a puzzle. It's, you know, 12 different things that we have to regulate. It's not just one thing. And so I like to work with families who feel like they've, they've tried some things and they're just not working. Um, that said, I also work with, with moms of newborns who don't want to do all the reading, who don't, they just want a professional to help. And that is amazing because you skip a lot of the frustration when you call for a professional right away. Um, while we can't sleep train early on, we can get child into some healthy sleep habits to ensure that regressions don't happen. And, and that's the big thing about regressions. If your child is going through regressions, it's not them, it's you. There's something you're doing through that regression that is causing the regression. So um, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It's your reaction to the regression that's causing it. So that's another point in time where I really like to work with families because what happens during a regression is it could last three to four months because people are trying to go back to what they used to do with their child instead of moving forward and fixing their root cause. So um, long story short, like I, I'll work, I love to work with families at every stage of their, their sleep journey, whether they're well-rested looking for prevention or they're exhausted and desperate. Um, I'm here to help. Right. It's just like, it's just like fitness and nutrition. You can exhaust yourself to a certain point, looking at all the free resources and reading all the books, or you could just pause and say, Hey, I need a clear path and direction to get where I need to be. And that's to be well-rested. Um, because bringing up, that was the next question I was going to ask the sleep regression. Uh, so many people have I feel like nor almost normalize the fact that that babies will go through sleeper regressions and a lot of the time it is they're feeding off of some sort of guilt and at least with the clients that I have worked with that have been dealing with um, sleep regression it is most of the time about the time that moms start to really feed into the mom guilt and the mom shame and then all of a sudden baby's not sleeping anymore. Um, so that's interesting that you brought up that it, it's usually something that's going on with the parents and not something that's going on with the baby. Uh, what about when we get to the point of teething? Do you have any tips for moms with teething babies to sleep? Yes. I'll say as a mom, I've been in the trap of, oh, it's teething. It's teething. He needs this. He needs that, whatever. And in fact, we've uh, my husband does this with me and we've jokingly categorized each of our children into like a sleep personality and our third child, he, he's our intense teether. Like he just experienced teething at a more intense level than the other children have. And what I can tell you about teething is it only lasts two days before the tooth goes in. And it's kind of back to that the regression comment of the teething is real. Yes, it disrupts sleep 
but it should not disrupt sleep for a month. Your child's not teething for an entire month, two nights max. Your reaction to the teething is causing the regression. It's causing the night waking, not the teething itself. You know, obviously talk with your doctor, but the best course of action for teething is providing your baby some relief, whether that's, you know, Tylenol or a teether or whatever, depending on their age. Um, talk to your doctor but that's the best course of action we have a guest now if i could just get that to go to sleep um before we wrap up here is there something just that is on your mind at the tip of your tongue that you just feel like new moms need to know um about sleep about what you do and about how you can help them absolutely it's hard. Being a new mom is hard. I've done it four times. And I'll say, while it gets easier, the more kids you have, it it's never easy. Um, and I'll say sleep is the number one reason why it's hard. Think about all the other things that you're learning and trying to understand. And you're trying to do that from a sleep deprived perspective. One of my friends shared, it's like, I just gave you a human to take care of. I gave you no training, no background, and now you have to take care of this human, feed them alive, you know, for their life with no training and no background. Oh, and by the way, you're sleep deprived. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that give yourself the gift of sleep. If you're struggling, hire a professional. We're here to work through whatever challenges that you're having. And I'll say I work with moms of toddlers as well. It's a different challenge from a toddler perspective than it is from a new mom perspective, but give yourself that gift of sleep because sleep is the foundation for the rest of your health. You can't eat well, you can't perform well, you cannot exercise well, you cannot give your body what it needs without that foundation of sleep. Awesome. And where can listeners find you to work with you? Yeah, there's two places you can find me. One's on Facebook. We have a group called Sleep Forward Family and you're welcome to hop on and check out our resources. You can also go to my website, which is tinytransitions.com slash Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. Awesome. I am sure that there are so many moms that are ready to hop right on that. And I am so thankful for your time in this chat today. This has been um really insightful, even though my children are sleeping through the night um, at some things that, that we can do in the future to make sure that we can stay healthy and well and energized. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. All right, Lauren, if you want to go ahead and introduce to us who you are and what exactly it is that you do. Yep. Hi, I'm Lauren Nozel, and I'm the proud mother of four children, six and under. And um, I am a pediatric sleep consultant. And what that means is I work with families to give them the confidence that they need to help their children and themselves get a good night's sleep. And what made you or what set you down that path? That's a great question. So when my first child was born, um, he, we had one night that was extremely difficult. He was probably eight weeks old and he was crying and I tried to feed him and it didn't work. And I tried to burp him and it didn't work. And he just kept crying and crying and crying. And I was so frustrated because I didn't understand why he was crying. 
Well, come to find out he was tired. He was overly tired and he continued to cry. And, and we finally figured out that he was overly tired. And as a mom, I didn't realize that exhaustion caused tears. For some reason, I just wasn't educated on that side of, of, you know, babies and what they need. You hear the feeding, you know, do they need to eat? Do they need to burp? Do they need to be changed? But you don't necessarily connect the tears with the sleep. And so um, once we started getting him good sleep and then our other children, consequently, when, when they were born, we got them healthy sleep habits and were able to create some sleep change in our other children. It really just inspired me to help other moms and other families get the sleep that they need and the sleep that they deserve. Right. Cause sleep is important for all of us and our overall health and well-being. So how do you get little ones to sleep? Great question. So there, there's really three key foundations from a sleep perspective for children under two years. The first is around food. You know, there's such frustration around hunger versus habit. I don't know when my child's crying, if they're hungry or if they're habitually waking up, et cetera. And so hunger really is a component of sleep. And you have to make sure that your child's getting enough milk throughout the day so that they don't require it overnight. And a couple things there, all children under 12 months of age require around 24 to 32 ounces of milk or formula um, within a 24 hour period. And so if they're not getting that 24 to 32 ounces during the day, they're going to require that at night. Some children like newborns, they cannot handle that much at a time. And that's why they eat every three hours, which does include overnight. Um, after six months of age, unless they have a medical reason, they should be able to sleep through the night from a biological milk intake perspective. And so um, that's one of the cornerstones. One big mistake parents make is they try and feed their child first food around six months. But if you've heard before, food before one is just for fun. That's exactly what it is. Your child still needs the same amount of milk in that 24 hour period. So that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is overtiredness and are they getting the required amount of sleep during the day? Many people will say, keep your baby up all night and they'll sleep all night. That's absolutely false and actually dangerous. So um, you wanna make sure that your child's getting enough sleep during the day. The best way to do that, Google wake windows. Um, we have a lot of free resources around wake windows and schedules as well on tinytransitions.com slash Lauren. Um, but if you, you wanna look at wake windows, one example is with newborns. Many people think newborns you know, don't need to be on a schedule, et cetera. That's true, but they should only be awake between 45 hours, 45 minutes and one hour at a time, which includes nursing. So at that age, sometimes it can take 25 minutes to nurse your baby. They're up for 20 additional minutes and they go back down for a nap, which brings me to the next item, which are sleep props. So sleep props are anything that you use to get your child to sleep, whether that's rocking to sleep, feeding to sleep, car seat to sleep, whatever that is that aids them to get to sleep is considered a sleep prop. Um, one of the things about sleep props is I always like to use this example. Imagine you woke, you fell asleep on the couch and you woke up in your bed, you'd freak out, right? You'd wake up, you'd probably be awake for a long amount of time and you don't really need to be awake. And so if you feed your child to sleep, then put them in their crib, 
they're waking up in a different place than where they fell asleep and doing something differently than where they fell asleep. So of course they're gonna wake up confused, startled, and that's gonna start the, the wake process. Instead of what you want is for them to, you know, everyone wakes up in the middle of the night when their sleep cycles in. So you want them to wake up and put themselves back to sleep. And they don't wake up fully, of course, but if they realize they're in a different place than where they, they started, um, it definitely causes that night waking and those short sleep naps, sleep cycles, et cetera. So those are really the three foundations of sleep, milk intake, uh, daytime sleep and making sure they have enough daytime sleep. And then the third being the sleep props and making sure that they're able to settle independently. So for the new moms, so we've got a lot of new moms that have babies that are anywhere from six weeks to uh, up to 12 months. What is your best tip for starting with this? I hear all the time, not getting enough sleep and it's affecting their ability to exercise. It's affecting their nutrition and overall uh, somewhat stopping them from reaching the goals that they want to achieve. Yeah. So the, the number one piece of advice I would give anytime you're trying to make a change is start small. I'm sure this is no different than what you tell your clients, Natalie, right? Like start small and start with incremental improvements over time. So the first thing I would start with, with newborns is what's called an eat, play, sleep routine. And so that disconnects the food from the sleep and makes it so it doesn't become an unhealthy sleep prop over time. It also gives moms, I feel something to, I, I think your, your day could be really chaotic when you have a small child. And so to give you something to kind of follow and, and a routine to follow gives you some structure in your day and some confidence with caring for your newborn or your, your um, child. So really starting with the eat when they wake up, they eat and then they play, which for an infant can be just staring at the wall or cooing or mom holding baby and then they sleep. Before 12 weeks of age, sleep props are not a big deal, but you do have to break them right around the 12 weeks. So you do wanna start trying to put your child down independently. And again, start small, start with one nap a day where you put them down independently and help them um, self-soothe. And if you're doing that in the right time in their awake window, they don't need that external engagement to fall asleep. Uh, it's the best time before they turn 12 weeks old to start giving them healthy sleep habits so that they, they get the confidence themselves to put themselves to sleep. And so what about the age old question? It's a controversial question, crying themselves to sleep. What do you have to say about that? Yeah. So if you're putting your baby down in the right point in their wake window, there should be very minimal tears. That said, we know that crying is actually productive when it's for the right reason. Um, anytime you're trying to shift a behavior, if your baby's after six months old, there are going to be some tears if you're trying to change their behavior. Um, I don't know about you, but when I go through a hard workout, sometimes I cry. So uh, it's the same with children, right? Like you're trying to change their behavior. So um, I don't recommend like fully letting a child cry it out. There are some clients who we get there because their child doesn't respond to other things and they're older and they're already stuck in some pretty ingrained habits. The best thing you can do for yourself is start now. Don't wait. The longer you reinforce bad habits, the harder it is to unravel those. And I see Natalie smiling because she probably <laughs> says a lot of the same things in her line of work, right? That's exactly right. 
And so for the overwhelmed mom, um, you know, so many moms try to go back to work at eight weeks postpartum, which is just um, so early. What advice do you have for them where we know that we're still not at the point where we can start fully sleep training, but the best way that they can get the most sleep or the most pain for their buck overnight so that they can uh, feel a little bit more confident and functional, not in just taking care of baby, but in taking care of themselves. That is such a great question. And, and I'll say it's really back to making sure your child gets enough sleep during the day. I, that's the number one thing that I think people mistake is they think, oh, if they sleep too much during the day, they're not going to sleep at night. And newborns really eight weeks old to me is still so close to that yeah. newborn piece. And they need six hours of sleep during the day, in addition to the 12 hours of sleep overnight. So if you feel like all you, all your baby does is sleep good, they should. Um, if you ever experience like unexplained colic, for example, your baby's really fussy at night. A lot of times that's not colic. It's overtiredness. It's over exhaustion and that fussiness. And like I explained with my son, it was, it was due to over exhaustion. And the way you fix that is by giving them more daytime sleep and putting them down for an earlier bedtime. I think one of the hardest things about going back to work, aside from just being separated from your child is, you know, if you get home at five and your baby goes down at six 30, which by the way, is a normal bedtime for an infant. Um, right. you know, that's not a lot of time with them, but you, you also just have to remember that you're giving your baby and yourself the best gift, letting them sleep at the right time and for the right amount of time. So you mentioned that the appropriate wake window is 45 minutes to an hour at one time when we're in the newborn phase. What is an appropriate sleep window? What is like the sleep window when we're like, yes, we are winning at this? Great question. So for a newborn, it's actually 30 minutes because their sleep cycles aren't very long and they don't connect sleep cycles yet. They're just not psychologically able to connect sleep cycles many times it's 30 minutes. So if you're getting a 30 minute to an hour nap out of your newborn, that's a good nap actually, uh, which sounds crazy. Now that's an unsupported nap. If you're rocking them or holding them, um, they will sleep for longer than 30 minutes, but an unsupported nap. And that's why I recommend, you know, starting small with like one nap a day in the crib, hold them for the rest of their naps. So they do get some longer naps during the day as well. But a 30 minute nap is an appropriate uh, length of a nap. So for moms that, that enjoy baby wearing or have chose um, to participate in baby wearing, is it appropriate to let your infant um, in the newborn phase nap in a baby wrap or a sling or something? Absolutely. That nature? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as mentioned, the sleep that, that would be considered a sleep prop. And I think the majority of, of helping your children with healthy sleep habits is awareness, right? Like yeah. you're aware that that is a sleep prop and there's going to be a time and it's going to drive you nuts. There will be a time where boom, they don't want to sleep in that carrier anymore. And you're going to, and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is so stressful. Like two days ago, you were just sleeping in this carrier. So my advice is enjoy it while it lasts, but there's going to be a time where they don't want to. And um, there's going to be a time where you shouldn't. So right around 12 weeks is when those habits start to form from a psychological perspective. So, um, that's when I would stop doing every nap in the carrier. 
That said, I love to live by the 80-20 rule, right? 80% of the time, follow the rules. 20% of the time, break them because you only live once. Right. Um, so, you know, in my line of work and in your line of work, we talk a lot about setting expectations or setting goals that align with what's realistic or what can actually happen. Uh, so for the mom that has the newborn and her newborn is eight weeks, what realistically can she expect as far as that newborn giving her a full eight hours of sleep at night? Yeah. So from an expectation perspective, it's completely normal for your eight week old to wake up in the middle of the night to eat. If you're doing everything you can from a sleep prop perspective, um, you need to realize what's hunger versus habit, but it, it's absolutely normal to only get three hour stretches out of an eight week old. That said around 11 pounds to 14 pounds, I know that sounds wild, but around 11 to 14 pounds, babies are able to sleep longer stretches because their caloric need is not as great. So I'll just give you an example. My first child was really heavy <laughs> and he slept through the night at eight weeks because he wasn't using sleep props. We had kind of figured it out and um, he biologically could sleep through the night. My sweet little girl that was just born number four, she's tiny. And so it took until, you know, 12 weeks for her to sleep through the night, right around when she hit 12 pounds. So um, it's really dependent on your child. And if you have lovely friends, <laughs> that tell you their babies are sleeping through the night. It's just a difference in children, especially if you're doing everything that you can. And, and, you know, competition is the thief of joy. So that's right. Put those, <laughs> those sweet little friends on mute and just, you know, as my husband always tells me, as we do a lot of yoga around here, stay on your own mat. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Don't get into that comparison trap. Uh, so at what at what point do you prefer for new moms or even new dads to reach out to a professional like yourself? Is it during pregnancy? Is it when we're already sleep deprived? At what point do they seek professional help? So I would say before you're sleep deprived, um, that, I mean, most people do reach out in desperation, I will say, but as mentioned, there's a lot you can do leading up to desperation. I prefer people to reach out when they're struggling um, and when they've, you know, tried some of the free stuff that's out there. Of course, I'm always here as a resource. I do have a Facebook page, Sleep Forward Family, and we have a lot of free resources on there that help people get off the ground. Many times it's a puzzle. It's, you know, 12 different things that we have to regulate. It's not just one thing. And so I like to work with families who feel like they've, they've tried some things and they're just not working. Um, that said, I also work with, with moms of newborns who don't want to do all the reading, who don't, they just want a professional to help. And that is amazing because you skip a lot of the frustration when you call for a professional right away. Um, while we can't sleep train early on, we can get child into some healthy sleep habits to ensure that regressions don't happen. And, and that's the big thing about regressions. If your child is going through regressions, it's not them, it's you. There's something you're doing through that regression that is causing the regression. So um, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It's your reaction to the regression that's causing it. So that's 
another point in time where I really like to work with families because what happens during a regression is it could last three to four months because people are trying to go back to what they used to do with their child instead of moving forward and fixing the root cause. So um, long story short, like I, I'll work, I love to work with families at every stage of their, their sleep journey, whether they're well rested, looking for prevention or they're exhausted and desperate. Um, I'm here to help. Right. It's just like, it's just like fitness and nutrition. You can exhaust yourself to a certain point, looking at all the free resources and reading all the books, or you could just pause and say, Hey, I need a clear path and direction to get where I need to be. And that's to be well-rested. Um, because bringing up, that was the next question I was going to ask the sleep regression. Uh, so many people have, I feel like nor almost normalize the fact that, that babies will go through sleep re regressions. And a lot of the time it is, they're feeding off of some sort of guilt. And at least with the clients that I have worked with that have been dealing with, um, sleep regression, it is most of the time about the time that moms start to really feed into the mom guilt and the mom shame. And then all of a sudden baby's not sleeping anymore. Um, so that's interesting that you brought up that it, it's usually something that's going on with the parents and not something that's going on with the baby. Uh, what about when we get to the point of teething? Do you have any tips for moms with teething babies to sleep? Yes. I'll say as a mom, I've been in the trap of, oh, it's teething, it's teething, he needs this, he needs that, whatever. And in fact, we've, uh, my husband does this with me and we've jokingly categorized each of our children into like a sleep personality. And our third child, he, he's our intense teether. Like he just experienced teething at a more intense level than the other children have. And what I can tell you about teething is it only lasts two days before the tooth goes in. And it's kind of back to that the regression comment of the teething is real. Yes, it disrupts sleep, but it should not disrupt sleep for a month. Your child's not teething for an entire month, two nights max. Your reaction to the teething is causing the regression. It's causing the night waking, not the teething itself you know, obviously talk with your doctor, but the best course of action for teething is providing your baby some relief, whether that's, you know, Tylenol or a teether or whatever, depending on their age. Um, you want to talk to your doctor, but that's the best course of action. We have a guest. Now, if I could just get that to go to sleep. Um, before we wrap up here, is there something just that is on your mind at the tip of your tongue that you just feel like new moms need to know um, about sleep, about what you do and about how you can help them? Absolutely. It's hard. Being a new mom is hard. I've done it four times and I'll say while it gets easier, the more kids you have, it it's never easy. Um, and I'll say sleep is the number one reason why it's hard. Think about all the other things that you're learning and trying to understand. And you're trying to do that from a sleep deprived perspective. One of my friends shared, it's like, I just gave you a human to take care of. I gave you no training, no background. And now you have to take care of this human feed them alive, you know, for their life with no training and no background. Oh, and by the way, you're sleep deprived. Right. Yeah. So you know, that give yourself the gift of sleep. If you're struggling, hire a professional. We're here to work through 
whatever challenges that you're having. And I'll say, I work with moms of toddlers as well. It's a different challenge from a toddler perspective than it is from a new mom perspective, but give yourself that gift of sleep because sleep is the foundation for the rest of your health. You can't eat well, you can't perform well, you cannot exercise well, you cannot give your body what it needs without that foundation of sleep. Awesome. And where can listeners find you to work with you? Yeah, there's two places you can find me. One's on Facebook. We have a group called Sleep Forward Family and you're welcome to hop on and check out our resources, but you can also go to my website, which is tinytransitions.com slash Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. Awesome. I am sure that there are so many moms that are ready to hop right on that. And I am so thankful for your time in this chat today. This has been um, really insightful, even though my children are sleeping through the night um, at some things that that we can do in the future to make sure that we can stay healthy and well and energized. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah.